Welcome to the Self-Evident Truth Podcast. Tonight, what we're talking about is indoctrination versus education. <laughs> right. right. So let's start over real quick. Uh, we only have a couple minutes into this. We got it, Pastor Todd. I'm so sorry about that. Here we go. So here's the deal. Um, you'll know the difference between education and indoctrination when you really start to see what people are being taught. Most citizens today, back in the 60s, it was all about liberty and freedom. And I think there was some righteousness yeah. in some of those causes. There, there was um, much unrighteousness, too. You know, it was like anti-America, anti-government, uh, you know, and all those other things. Because let's, let's be honest here. The government over the last 100 or so years, maybe 110 years, really kind of has run amok. We saw some things earlier than that, but it's like even now getting the you know a banking system involved and all these other yeah. things it's kind of like become the norm to to for, for government to do what it does now when the president can just make law and bypass congress and 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 the judicial branch there is something wrong and you know what that's taught that is taught by the media it's taught by education because we're not teaching our kids foundational principles and so the, the idea is indoctrination is a tough term people hate that term because it's like oh my gosh they're going to talk about tinfoil hat stuff no not yeah. at all. You know? and, and you always have the other side that says they're indoctrinating our kids. So the, the, the right <coughs> will say that the left is indoctrinating kids. Yeah. The left will say that the right is. But there's a difference between indoctrination and education. And that difference is indoctrination is trying to move a narrative through all of right. it. Right. You're, you're trying to push away facts in order to shape a narrative. So let's let's go to the right for a second. So on the right, the conservative side indoctrination would be the founding fathers were perfect they they were given this message this this nation yeah. by god and and all of it was perfect and how they implemented it and all of that that's indoctrination education is we had men who revered the lord and wanted to set up a free and and liberty founded nation and wanted to try and create the atmosphere the environment for freedom for everybody, for equality for everybody. However, they had issues, they had flaws, they had problems, they had mistakes. Notice the difference between education and indoctrination. So what you have to do is you actually have to look at history with all the facts. And the problem is yeah. a, a lot of what indoctrination yeah. does is it spreads through all of yep. the areas. So it sure you does. don't just have history that becomes indoctrination. Right. It's English, it's <laughs> science, it's math, right? Math is now racist. Uh, yeah. That's an indoctrination. I find it funny that like in public schools now, my kids were doing something called Singapore math or, I mean, I, I, I'm, to me, it's a branch off of Common Core. Like my wife yeah. and I were like, what in the world? And then we go to a Christian education that is teaching a homeschool curriculum, a Becca type stuff. Yeah. And it's like so simple. Two plus two is legit. Do you guys remember when two plus two was legit four, right? Or two times two, four, like yep. that simple. And, and, you know, math and all this education, I know Gloria Tucker's on right now. Um, she had said, uh, you know, uh, that, that she's really working on the education system where she's from. And it's like, look, the, the idea here is what are we teaching our kids? This is the question I didn't ask. Right. And I, th I may have asked it, but I'll ask it again. Are our kids and, and people in the nation being taught about their God given rights, such as life, liberty, property, Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and the Bill of Rights, or are they being taught the antithesis of that? That now mm -hmm. races matter. Now that certain sects of people matter or don't matter. That if you're rich, you're a bad person now. Yeah. Right? That 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 the republic is no longer the republic. We're a democracy. So completely antithetical to what we truly believe, because people are saying we are democratic. No, no, no. We democratically elect officials to uphold a constitutional republic. Does that make sense? 
we democratically elect people to make sure that our constitutional republic's upheld. If you read the Declaration of Independence, it actually says that our government derives its powers from the consent of the governed. So in other words, they don't hold the power, you do. And are kids being taught that? Are they being taught to depend on big daddy government? Are they being taught to depend on a check from the government when you lose your job, yeah. right? Because of what government did and because of how they respond to things like a shutdown, when they respond to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Our education system has literally destroyed the minds of millions of people for the past hundred years. And one thing that we have to pay attention to is the message that's that's being pushed forward. And we've got the 1619 Project, which was put out by the New York Times. And... In the New York Times, they decided we're gonna we're gonna go with racism. The whole country was founded on racism. The whole country is racist. Original sin of racism and slavery. Right. There's nothing good to this nation. Right. That won a Pulitzer. So if you if you want to pay attention to kind of the swing of at least groups in power and where they're trying to direct the yep. narrative, yep. that's one of your signs. Now. The hope in that is not everybody's on board with that. 100%, dude. There's a lot of people who are, they, I know. they just submit to it because they don't know how to fight it or change it. And we're going to get into that tonight of like, right. how do you actually fight this? And, and and Gloria actually had said, man, she's going for school board. She's standing up. She's doing. And it's like, praise God. More power to you. That's right? where we need to be. We, we are so proud of you that you're doing that and you're standing up. Now, a lot of people will say, I, I, school board's not my thing. That's okay. That's right. That's we're right. Gonna, we're going to get into solutions that but you voting can is. Do. But voting is. Absolutely. Right. So uh, what I want everybody to do is uh, share this video if you can. We want to get more people on here, obviously, to respond. If you guys have any questions, please add them in the comments below. We always get to them. Uh, typically, we always read re your responses. Yep. Also, what do you guys think about the education system? Write your comments down below. Where has the education system falling according to you guys? We're going to go back into history a little bit. We're going to yep. see how progressively this has changed and what we can do to change it, right? This may be a two-part two part podcast yeah, we'll see uh, again, we but we're, we're going to get right into this. Did you guys know that in 1782, Congress printed Bibles for public schools? <sighs> Listen to this. This is what the resolution said. The Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in all schools. Why? Why? Because they knew without common morality, man won't keep law. They knew that if we weren't moral inside, even John Adams said it. This is why this quote makes sense. He said our constitution was made only for a moral and a religious people. Yep. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Do you know why? Because men without God, they knew that men without God can turn despotic. They left an entire nation, an entire system government right of people who use scriptures to oppress people and the whole idea was religious freedom the whole idea was Thank we're you. escaping for religious freedom right why is it that we don't talk about the northwest ordinance of 1787 article 3 said this religion morality and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged so they were saying schools were meant to teach religion, morality, and knowledge. Knowledge according to who? Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, the, the Bible says in Proverbs, right? Did you guys know that Michigan adopted this in Article 8 of their Constitution? I've used this to speak in a public school. Yes, I'm getting excited. Do you know why? Because our kids are at stake right now. I don't care about what we're fighting right now, except the fact that foundationally our kids are lied to. They're lied to, they're lied to, they're lied to, and I have to stand up for it. And others on this thread here, and thank God you're standing up for it because we need you to stand up for it. 
We need you to stand up against Marxism and all these other isms that are not the Republic, that are not Christian foundational based, and it's destroying our kids. Yeah. I don't want my kids to walk around knowing what Marx is. They don't need to know all that stuff. I'll teach them that. Yeah. Let me teach them. And I, I want to I answer a question that sometimes comes up on this. So the question becomes, well, aren't you brainwashing? We don't want to brainwash kids. No, come right? on. Now, here's the thing. No matter what, education is inserting information into a child. Yep. A child is gathering information and taking it on. That's education. So no matter what, you're providing information to a kid. On top of that, values are added as well. 100%. No matter what. And, and people say, well, I don't want values in my school. No matter what, you're going to get them. That's right. So the question is, what values as a culture and a society do we want to put forward? Now, you notice the, the catchwords today that are getting promoted in schools. Come on, dude. Justice. Come on. Equality. Mm -hmm. Tolerance. Right now, those words sound great in general, right? right you hear right. justice, equality. Well, yeah, of course I want those. The problem is those words are battering rams to insert different ideas. Oh, come on, than dude! What the founding fathers let's originally get into intended? That. Let's, right? Let's, let's unpack yeah, that. Go for it. Christ's view of tolerance was this: I'm going to go to the publican, the, the 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 prostitute, the sinner, the drunk. Nope. I'm going to accept. I'm going to I'm going to love them in the truth. No. Yeah. So he would go. To where the prostitute was when she was busted in adultery. Also the man, mm -hmm. right? Notice he never got He never yeah. got mentioned. And there's 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 talk in history of it was actually a priest that was busted in the act. Yeah. So then they had to remove him, right? And, go ahead. And the thought was actually there now this is just a theory, but think about this. How is it that everybody knew or, or the people that mattered knew that the affair was going on because That's they why. caught them in the act. They caught them in the act. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So Christ's version of tolerance was, I'm going to go love them, but I'm going to leave them different. Yeah. I'm going to change them by the Spirit of God, and he did. The truth, listen, folks. Go and sin no we, more. I really think we've hit this probably the last three times we've been on a podcast because we've been kind of off, right? Thank God we're back in the saddle. But listen to this. It's the truth that will set men free. The truth. Not how you present the truth, not what you think you can present the truth as. It's Christ's words that will set them free. Mm -hmm. Christ was sent to the earth to, 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 to set free the captives. Read Isaiah 45. Read Isaiah 50. He was sent here to, 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 to set the captives free. Read Isaiah 53. Yeah. He came to heal. It's not by your word that they get healed. It's by his word. It's by his anointing. We can't change the word of God to conform to the world. Thank We've been you. saying this over the last how many podcasts? This is why it's so important. And, and Deborah Van Dyke just said this. Uh, hey, Deb, deliberate indoctrination. It's malfeasance to send your children there. They're not being taught the ways of the Lord as we promised before him to do as Christians. Oof. It's Thank Look, you. let's be honest here. We have literally been sending our kids to go to a place that they teach antithetical what your Sunday school teaches. And what you teach at home. And then we wonder why they... Dude, they're confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait a minute. Why do my friends believe this and I don't? Yeah. They're confused, man. My, my, my nine-year-old came in and said, ah, Dad, I don't like Amazon. Why? I just read an article about the Jeff guy. So you read one article? <laughs> and I had to teach him about indoctrination. Do more homework on the guy. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't like him, but don't judge one person off of what's, what one, one opinion is. And it was an opinion article. Check that out. My yeah. nine-year-old. Yeah. It starts early. It starts early. So we're sending our kids, and I believe, I believe in homeschooling. Homeschooling is so important. 
because you get to be in, involved in your kids' lives. We used to homeschool. We send them now to a school where they teach a Becca curriculum, so it's yeah. really cool, kind of yeah. a, a Christian thing, praise God. But in the end, homeschooling our kids or getting them an education that is rooted in the foundations of Christ will change them forever, right? Then when they're older, they'll make the decisions necessary, right? Because we've led them in those ways. At least then I won't be held accountable to say, I didn't teach them the right way, Yeah. right? That's on us. And and I'm sure you've heard the statistic that you know 75% of high schoolers who are Christian end Ooh, up leaving their yep. faith by the time they leave college, right? And it makes sense because you have 40% of universities that have no conservatives on staff. So there's something so, to be so said about that. What, what do you expect to happen to the students as they move through? Now, today I was actually, and this is kind of an aside, we'll get into go, the no, history go for of it, all go this. Go for it, go for it, go for it. But I was reading an article today. It was saying, look, college students aren't as liberal as you think they are. They're actually super conservative. Well, not super conservative, but it's totally down the <laughs> right. middle. And, and okay. the statistics it was showing. Because we believe that. Yeah. The statistics it was, sh it was showing were, you know, a little bit more liberal, a little bit less conservative, but still within range. But the problem was it was using freshmen. The whole article was using first-year students. I would love to see the statistics on seniors. On, because what happens is if you've got a faculty that is pretty much 100% liberal, um, progressive, what you're going to end up getting is an education Truth. in those directions. So when they come out of college, what what are they steeped in? They're steeped in the idea that America is inherently racist. There's no reconciling for it. The founding fathers were evil, villainous men that do not deserve any statues or any reverence or, or respect. Right. Right. Because it's put into their minds over and over. Now, you, you do have students that come out and they're like, oh, this is crap. I know, I know I'm dude. a conservative. I know. But we need to be aware of what gets fed in a lot of times will come back out. Okay, dude. that's all reaping and sowing. Yeah. And that's something that people get, kind of get confused with judgment of God. It's like, look, Christ put a lot of judgment on his son, didn't he? All wrath went on his son. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is now is we're just reaping what we've sown. We yeah. sow seeds of division, right? We sow seeds of lies. We sow seeds of, of uh, destroying a nation, right? That was not perfect. We will say this to the high heaven. Anybody that takes this stuff out of context, dude, <laughs> I, I, I fear what happens to you when you stand before the Lord. Yeah. Seriously. Because you know what? Every knee's going to bow. And I'm tired of not saying that. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord. Okay. I'm not mad at you, but you know what you do sometimes. You do know what you're doing if you're trying to take people out of context and you're trying to divide the people. I'm not doing that. You know what? People can be united under the banner of Christ. There were people in the, in the founding era who weren't Christian, but yeah. they understood the Ten Commandments and they understood how good it was for society. That's why it was so important to teach it in public schools. That's why guys like John Adams used to say things like, you know, we're, we're going to spend the money necessary to teach an education because it's important. Yeah, and, and the education system during the founding, during the colonies, that education system was set up to be a local system, right? So each community was taking care of their school. Now, what happened is things started to get centralized, and I can actually go into this. So yeah. it, between 1827 to 1837, you had a man named Horace Mann who Ooh. was in the Massachusetts legislature. He'd grown up in a Christian home. He had a Christian parents, but he ended up hating Christianity and became a secular humanist. He was a right, Unitarian. Right. So when he was running for office, he was promising his constituents a centralized public education system, secular and taxpayer-funded. When he was Secretary of Education, 
He did just that. Okay, so this guy, he had a hatred of Calvinism. He fought the churches who opposed his new school proposal. Why? Because churches tend to get concerned right. when it gets consolidated, right? right? They don't have control over things anymore. Right. Calvinists, they feared the long effects of the secular education, and they even stated, we do not need this central, all-absorbing power. It is anti-Republican in all its bearings, well-adapted perhaps to Prussia Ooh. and other European despotism, <laughs> but not wanted here. They Dude. hated it so much that he went as far as to pay people to go into communities and lobby for it and try to convince people to v vote for it, right? Come that sounds on. like community organizing. That's what it is, is planting people in. Now, you got to understand, people are looking to insert what they're passionate about. If they have an idea that they think will improve the world, that's what they're going to do. That's why we, we speak. We believe that Christ is the way. Right now, we believe Christ is there for your eternal salvation. That's the most important thing. Right. All of this can burn, but I care about your salvation. Right. However, our days that we're here, hey, I'd like them to be better. Right. Well, <laughs> that. But let's let's go a step further than that. Christ yeah. was here to redeem mankind. When he went back, he sent us the Helper mm -hmm. to do everyday life. Mm -hmm. When did the Holy Spirit conform to the world? It doesn't. It won't. It can't. It's against his very nature. Matter of fact, his name is Holy Spirit. <laughs> he's holy. God is holy, just good. Read Romans 7, right? He's holy. He's just. He's perfect. He's righteous. Can we attain that standard outside of Christ? No, right? We perfect ourselves in Christ. Again, go back and read Ephesians 4. We're supposed to grow up in the image of Christ, right? How is education today growing up our kids in the image of Christ? Listen to this. Noah Webster, he was the schoolmaster of the Republic. He was the cousin of Daniel Webster. He wrote our first dictionary. He said this, education is useless without the Bible. Look, watch this. The Bible was America's basic text. I'm sorry, I'm sorry the, Bible's, uh, the Bible was America's basic tech, textbook in all fields. God's word contained in the Bible has furnished all necessary rules for our direct conduct. Listen to that. I'm not saying that. He is. Yeah. Right? Why? Because the Bible was so important in early American education. Matter of fact, if you guys grab a dictionary, I wish I had one here. I don't know where it is. It's a, it's a big green dictionary by Noah Webster. And he would use scriptures to, to, to have definitions for his words. He would use scripture. We would use that stuff. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go back a little bit more in history uh, because I want you to continue yeah, this. No, Did you guys know that the base psalm book was sung in schools? public schools that the new england primer was used when they used to do abcs uh the word a is or i'm sorry the letter a is an adam's fall we send all b is to have uh, heaven to find the bible mind c is christ crucified for sinners die it's what we taught our kids yeah. they used uh, uh old testament books lord's prayer the apostles creed the ten commandments all these things and now they're telling us we can't have christianity in public schools because of separate no okay i've said this before either our founders were flat stupid and they didn't even know themselves what they wrote or we missed something. And guys, what's the fruit? What's the fruit of our kids? And one of the things that I want to point out in that is when you go to a federal system for your public schools, suddenly people have that argument. If you stay in a community system of schools, your community can decide what you're going to do with your education. But once it gets federal, Federal government decides they've got control over all of it. So, so that's a yep. bit of an aside. So I, w I want to go to the other person that's important. We had Horace Mann, and we've got Catherine Beecher. Her father was a pastor of a Presbyterian church in Ohio. 
as he was pastor, he opposed the spread of Unitarianism. He preached predestination, preached conversion experience, advocated for the gradual elimination of slavery, right? Fought against the forming of secular public schools. All her life, his daughter, Catherine, expressed great opposition to the idea of conversion and a personal relationship with God. She embraced logic and reasoning as redemptive qualities. She refused to convert, and she embraced the belief that public works could serve society. So Mann and Beecher ended up coming together and deciding that teaching was a great profession for women, right? Now, that's, that's great. That's fine. But they also saw women as the best way to expand this new idea, to get it out, to spread it, especially you, you, they called them missionaries, basically, and they moved them west. They were going west with this education system and setting it up and trying to convert the whole education system into something that was secular, yeah. that was humanist, that, that got religion, got the Bible out of education. Yep. Yep. Now, people will agree, there will be people who agree and say, Bible shouldn't be in the schools. <laughs> yeah. Now... I can Look, understand the apprehension some today, people have on that, especially today. today. Yeah, because we've been taught the otherwise. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, if you take values out, you have to replace them with something, and that's what I was talking about earlier. It's getting replaced, and Ooh, I'm sorry, that's but good. the values that are replacing it are based actually on jealousy, envy, right, which exclusion, is, which is antithetical to God's word. Precisely. Right. Yeah. So we're learning and teaching kids how to hate people. Now we have the NBA who like, look, y'all know our position on this whole BLM stuff. Okay. We've preached on this a hundred times, but we're, we're literally focused on a guy now who stood for the national anthem and he's preaching Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's awesome. First that guy's off. That's awesome. Man. Right. He's like, that's what, that's what got me through anything was Jesus Christ, the gospel. Right. And it takes one to upset a system. And mm. now he's upsetting the system. Yeah. Look what happens when someone just st- didn't even preach a sermon, just preach the truth in love. And like what Elizabeth just said, preach the truth in love. Yep. Right. And the cool thing about that story is when he was getting interviewed by a journalist about it, the journalist kept trying to turn it on. Him, of course. Right. And, and he kept going back to the gospel. Thank Everything God. the journalist was saying, he was like, I, I'm, I care about black lives. I care about equality. Of I course. care about racism. But it's the gospel that'll solve Come it. Come on, right? dude. Now, it's that whole idea that uh, th- I know the scripture means you're going to stand before councils, which means you're going to stand before governments. But it's so true. If you don't know what to say, he'll give you the words to speak in that moment. And dude, mm-hmm. he that's scripture, man. You can't tell me he was ready for that. I bet you any money he was like, oh my gosh, what happened here? <laughs> I've been there. I've been, I've been there a lot. Um, here, Elizabeth uh, Teff just said this. Sadly, even teacher education, people taking classes to become teachers, is indoctrinating as well. Broken system. Yep. I, I can speak to that first. Go ahead. Because yeah. you're, you're an English, uh, you had an English yeah. major, right? Yeah. And, and I <laughs> you're was... indoctrinated, dude. <laughs> well, and I went to a liberal arts school and I, I was part of the education track. And it's, it's kind of amazing. It's very subversive. It's very subtle. Um, but what happens is they, they end up just speaking certain theories and ideas as facts. There's not even a debate about all of it. 
It's just, this is what it is. Hey, continue with this path. And more and more what's happening is you're getting new curriculums and new yeah. um, theories that are getting put into place. It's like the gender spectrum and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's just my example. But that type of stuff is being put forward from school systems into teachers' hands and mm -hmm. teachers are being told, yep. you need to teach this. Yeah. Now, a lot of teachers go, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, but... I trust who's giving it to me. And that's really what it boils down to is a lot of people just end up trusting the authority over them. And they say, well, I, I trust what they're doing. I, you know, and they go back to their university days and their university days dude. prepared them to be able to accept that. And so then it gets handed to them and they go, well, yeah, I guess. And as they teach it, they start to uh, um, internalize it and bring it in and start to develop a rapport or a relationship with the information they're giving out. So as the years go by, plenty of teachers end up accepting it because it's like, well, this was handed to me. It makes sense. There's some good arguments in this. And so I'm going to go with it. And we, when we get to the solutions, we've got to decide, okay, do we try and reform the system? Do right. we try and change it? Do we burn it all down and start again, like, you <laughs> which know, are all legit questions. Yeah. Um, and I want to get back into the history a little bit. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard the name John Dewey and, oh. and Dewey was considered kind of the, the godfather of American education. And he held a disdain for religion, for tradition and inherited values. He claimed that these beliefs were signs of unintelligent thinking and at worst outright oppression by the wealthy and powerful. Sound familiar? Oppression by the wealthy and powerful. So, so this he, has been for how long now? How long has this teaching been going on? Man, decades. Decades, decades right? It, and and that's, that's what you have to understand is as it gets seeded in for decades— turns things slowly and and i'll get into more of that in a second but do we argue that basic human nature is always in flux fixed values and beliefs are inimical to progress aka you have to find a new truth you've got to move forward on truth and dewey wrote volumes of writing on philosophy of education and and creating a new system that helped back this of well let's find new truths and new values and so when you have somebody that is putting that forward and promoting that, what ends up happening is you destroy stability. You destroy tradition and exactly. values and try to build new ones. And when those new ones don't cut 100%. the mustard, because they won't, because they won't, you have to replace it. And his educational views, these took root. They're still in practice today. They uphold that experimentation and hands-on activity were superior to external standards. And, so today what we've actually got is we've got a system that it's centralized. It's very influential. It's strong. Yeah. And you really had a perfect moment for Marxism to start getting infused. Which, right? which you know, Marxism isn't a government. It's an no. idea. Yeah. It's like liberty. It's an idea. Marxism is the same thing. People confuse socialism, Marxism with governments. They're not government systems. These are ideas that enter mm -hmm. into government and then use oppression, a power of a government to carry out those things. So got to be careful. Socialism is not a government. Marxism is not a government or a government idea. It's an idea of philosophy, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So 
because I, I really want to dispel I'm these glad things. You hit that. Yeah, and, and, <clears throat> and what it is is the more you can get people taught in on those things, the more easier it is for government to do what it does. If we can depend on big government, they will continue to push this thing uh, further and further and further. And you know, it's funny as I read uh, some of the comments, and we're gonna get to all this stuff uh, in a, in a in a minute. Hey, Heather. Um, we need to pray for our public education teachers, especially those who are believers. We're going to hit that at the end. Yep. What can we do as believers, right? Because there's a lot of questions we have as believers, man. Like, we got a lot broken. And, you know, it's funny. This whole thing, the pandemics, which is not really a pandemic. If you think about it, 800,000 people are affected by sex slave trade. Ooh. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a pandemic to me. Yeah. Kids dying by the millions by abortion. That's a pandemic to me. This was not a pandemic. Okay. And, and so for, 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 and this coming from me who went through it, yeah. you know, who got sick, you went through it, <laughs> yep. you got sick and we still, still agree gone. on this thing. There's so much being taught that government has the answers. Where did government derive its power from? You, the people, we, the people. So who has the answers right here? We have to do something about it. Go ahead. Yeah. So you had in the 1930s, what was called the Frankfurt school. And I, I'm going to go through this quick, but this is really important for us to Ooh, understand. Th that's good stuff. So in Nazi Germany, the Frankfurt School, they were communists. Pause. Yes. I just want you guys to know he types all this out, and I'm like, oh, thank you. I knew some of this, but he just really lays this thing out. So when I read it, I'm like, Ooh, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. I do it all for you guys. Yes. And him. Yeah, because <laughs> i got to stay on track. <laughs> so the Frankfurt School, they actually fled the Nazis. Why? They were communists. You have to understand, in Nazi Germany, before Hitler came to power, before the Nazis really came to power, it was a fight between the Nazis, who were socialists, and the communists. Mm -hmm. That was the big fight going on. So once the Nazis started taking power, the Frankfurt School fled. These, these were Marxists, right? Where'd they flee to? Columbia. University of Columbia. They got to work. So you had men like Herbert Marcuse, who began carrying Marxism beyond Columbia, and progressives adopted it to put it in place through the education system. So what you had was, especially in the education system, you tend to have people who, they're open to new ideas. They, they tend to push a little bit against the old structure. Right. And so Marxism was something that pushed against the old structure, and there were a lot of people who said, ooh, this sounds interesting. This sounds new and fresh and different. And so what happened was Marxism started to get its roots in. And the Frankfurt School was really predicated on a big idea, political correctness. That's right. Yeah. Political what? Correctness? Correctness. Folks, if you're going to speak truth, just gotta, you got to know this. You're going to offend some people, not out of a heart of anger or jealousy or wrath, but just because love is truth and it stings sometimes and people don't realize that love, you know, when you speak the truth in love, you know, Jesus, you're here. I said this the other night, you're not going to get out of this world unscathed. You're going to come out victorious if you stand in his name, if you stand in truth. And sometimes truth is hard. And you know what? You can't always be politically correct. You can't even always be emotionally correct. It's tough to do that because <clears throat> no matter how you say things, especially in a digital age where everything's typed, People can't ever see your expression. Yeah. We have to be careful where we're falling into these traps and don't get into stupid debates that you can't win. Bottom line is, what's the truth? And stand in the truth and win souls for Christ. That's where we're at. Amen. Absolutely. And, and the, the you, thing you, about... You, but you missed Khrushchev's quote. Oh. You got to go back. Let, let me put that in. Yeah, please. So Khrushchev, he said this. 
And I, I want you to pay attention to what he said. It's going to go right into this. It, it fits perfectly with this. We will take America without firing a shot. Wow. We do not have to invade the U.S. We will destroy you from within. Listen to that. Listen to that. How? Ease. Contentment. No fighting. Political correctness. Mm -hmm. Pinning people against one another. Division is the best way to conquer people if you divide them, right? This whole argument came out of Corinthians 3. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. I'm yeah. from Paul. That is that right there is 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 division 100%. And he's like, what are you talking about? You're of Christ. You're not of Paul. You're not of that group. Are we not all of one blood? Mm -hmm. Aren't we of Christ here? Aren't we all American citizens? And people will say, no, not everybody, because they don't believe. Well, it's my duty to teach them how to be a citizen, right? Go for it. Sorry. So no, 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 that is good. Um, Marcus, let's get back to him for a second. So in the 1950s, he wrote a book, Eros and Civilization. So if you don't know <laughs> the word Eros, it's, it's um, sexual love, right? This, the, it's Greek for the idea of like sexuality, sexual love, um, physical romance, that kind of thing. So he, in this book, he pushed sexual freedom to soften the bite of capitalism's enslavement, right? Yeah, kind of yeah. a pleasure idea. So this focus on sexuality became widespread. What happened in the 60s and 70s? Free love, right? The idea of sexuality and flowing. I'm going to go on a bit of an aside with sexuality. I truly believe that sexuality is such a strong spiritual power, and that's why God was so determined to not allow sexual sin to take hold. Why? Because sexual sin is one of the most powerful forces, or sexual sexuality is one of the most powerful forces, right? It was the one that Christ said, flee flee, run from it. And, and there is such a spiritual nature to the idea of creation. Mm. That's, that's a mm. strong spiritual force. And the way to create, the way God has given us to create is sexuality. And plus, we so easily take it into our identity. So what you had Marcus doing was saying sexuality should be open. It should be free, a.k.a. open the floodgates. God, now, dude. now, if you see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. It just hurts hearing that. You know what I mean? Doesn't it? It does. And, and if you see the spiritual mission behind that, the, the, and I mean this the word, agenda behind honestly, it. the satanic message Come on, behind it. Come on, the demonic. That, it's totally the, the demonic. The demonic yeah. message behind it is go be free. Go be free. Be like God, right? Because Satan knows how powerful sexuality is. And one of the number one things that keeps people from Christianity is the idea of sexuality. Well, I, I want to be able to have sex without getting married. No. I want to be able to be homosexual. I want to be able to change my sex. Sex, right? And, and so Marcus, almost guaranteed, had no clue who he was being a puppet for. But he said, look, sexuality should be free. It should be open. And so you had this. It, it, it was getting... in it's tentacles into the culture and the system and starting to create cracks. You ever see a root go through concrete? It takes years, but tree roots will cut right through concrete. And that's what happened was this tree root of sexuality started cutting through the concrete of the culture and it started breaking it apart as sexuality became our identity. It became our right. focus. Right. Also became a tenant of the church. Hear me out on this. When, when the love movement happened, it's all about love, 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 right? And then it became, well, if you sin, it's okay because God loves you. Not, hey, don't sin because you love God. 
God loves you. Therefore, you know, you can Mm -hmm. use the grace of God as an occasion for the flesh if you want to not teaching anymore that we're called to love God and be obedient to him. So there's this teaching too, that kind of crept through the kind of crept through the cracks, if you will. If we just talk about love, people will accept our message because the world was talking about love at that time too. Right. So it's like, if we can adapt that teaching, if we can just somehow just get this thing into the hands of people. You know, we don't really want to offend them. We just got to do this a different way. We just have to. And then we miss this teaching of the word and the spirit. We miss this foundational teaching of the word and the spirit. And what happens when you separate the two, you have no more truth. Truth without love is oppression. Love without truth is licentiousness. It's sin. Right? That's, I think it was Wilson that said, it wasn't Woodrow Wilson. It was one of the founders that said that. Law without liberty is oppression. Think about that. Yeah. But liberty without laws open for sin. And we let this teaching happen to our kids. We let it happen to adults. And then that teaching funneled to us and it funneled to us and it funneled to us. The cool thing is though, God always has a remnant. We talked about this last podcast. There are over 7,000 people that have not bowed the knee to bail and they won't. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We're standing for truth. And there's so much hope out there right now that one person can change the world. We preach that all the time. Do you know why? Because one person can truly change the world. Yeah. If you stand for Christ in his church, you stand for the, you know, look, Timothy says that the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. Listen to that. It's not a fun house. It's not anything else except it's the pillar and the ground of truth. The church is the pillar of the community. The pillar of society, right? And here we have churches. I do this quote all the time. There's over 300,000 Protestant pulpits in America, and there's only 25,000, what is it, 29,780 7th uh, through 12th grade high schools. So our churches outnumber these schools 10 to 1, and look what our kids are being taught. Mm-hmm. We have the truth. We have the truth. Our churches should be filled with people that need healing, deliverance. They need the word. They need the spirit. They need to be conformed or converted to to change the world, right? And they're going to schools that teach completely opposite for the most part. They literally are. And they're being challenged in their faith because we've now put in their heads that it's okay to be you. Demonic. It's demonic, dude. There's no Mm -hmm. other way to say it. That kind of teaching is demonic. That you're the, you're the creator of your own destiny. That you need to express yourself the way that you need to. Be like God. Be, oh my gosh. If you just do it hit like this way, you're going to know as much as he does. Oh man. Look how much that's destroyed our kids. Yeah. You know? And it, it, ah, man. I, I went mean, off it, on this it, whole no, no, no. thing. I'm, I'm so glad you did it because it's so true. Like, like we have to understand our hope is in the fact that there are still plenty of us who care about this and plenty of us who are not going to just give into this. Whole we thing. can't, we cannot do that. So we had, we had the, the Marxist ideas starting to get in, Ooh, infested. Right. And you need to check out Yuri Bezmenov, YouTube, Yuri Bezmenov. This guy was a Soviet agent in India and he ended up defecting to the U S because he realized what was going on. He fell in love with the country of India and he, he saw what the Soviet union was trying to do. He ends up defecting to the U S and he's doing interviews and teaching classes about what the Soviet mission is. And the Soviet mission is so psychological. It gets subconscious. It gets delved Deep. in. Right. So, 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 what does that remind you of the scripture? Hmm. Guard your heart with all diligence. Out of it flow the issues of life. Be transformed by the renewing of your what? I think he talked more about the mind more because of psychological 
Absolutely. Subversion. Oppor- right. Yeah. yeah. We're not supposed to be caught up in endless, endless genealogies and debates that don't matter, the Bible says. Useless debates. Mm-hmm. And we've now done that with the Lord. Is it really true that it's wrong to lie? What if in these cases, I mean, adultery, right? Like sex before marriage, that's normal because you got to test the, you got to test the milk before yeah, you buy the cow. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? I don't know how many times I've heard that. Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, so check out Bezmanov. But so you had these people starting to go through the education system, especially in the 60s and 70s, right? They were college age. They were going to college. They want to change the world. They've got this new idea of how the world should be. What they become? Teachers, politicians, lawyers, professors, government workers. Remember, we talked about Gramsci and those of the robe. Teachers, professors, judges, lawyers, politicians, clergy. So these people got into the positions of authority and the major pillars of society. And isn't it funny that... The teachers' unions were the largest donors to Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah. So How did that? Where happen? are we? Right. And yeah, the democratic uh, socialism has now crept in this doctrine of you know, and it's funny because they're not empowering the people; no. they're empowering government to empower the people. Yeah. Where, isn't that funny? Isn't it weird though? It's like if you knew that your authority is in Christ, He would empower you to do what you're called to. Everybody's always looking for an authority. They just won't submit to God's law because it's antithetical to the flesh. The flesh just hates God's word. It does. Read Romans 8. The carnal mind is an an enemy of God. Like It doesn't compute with God's word. Matter of fact, what is it? Thessalonians, I think it is, where it says that the natural man won't receive the things of the spirit because it's spiritually discerned. You can preach to people till you're blue in the face, but if their hearts aren't illuminated by Christ and the Holy Spirit— it doesn't make sense to Precisely. them. Precisely. That's the problem. This is why you need the Word and the Spirit together. This is why you need both of them. The education of the Word of God is so important, but illuminated by the Spirit takes it 10 times farther than what it ever could do. And and that's why stuff like Marxism is so endearing to people because they they aren't their hearts and minds aren't guarded by the Holy Spirit. And even people who have the Holy Spirit can get turned onto a different path because of the power of the idea behind Marxism. Now, there's something I want to say. So there's a lot of people who say, I don't even know any Marxists in college. You guys are making it up. Here's, (laughs) Here's the issue. Here's the issue. A lot of people don't even realize they're Marxist. And this, I'm not saying this. I know, dude. Think about, you have to think about it in the sense that we're putting a name and a label to a series of beliefs and ideas. So somebody may say, yeah, it really is about the oppressed and the oppressor. It really is about wealth inequality. It really is about racism. It really is about you know, white versus black, and whites are the oppressors of black. And then you ask those people, are you a Marxist? No, no, I'm not a Marxist. So you have to understand it's not necessarily that everybody is a card-carrying Marxist. It's that the ideas Come themselves on, are getting implanted and people are buying into the ideas. So if you take their ideas and put it out on a piece of paper, yeah, they line up as a Marxist, but they don't even realize it. They just say they're, they're for justice, they're for, for equality Dude, and tolerance, right? I mean, the world doesn't know that it's lost. No. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be found by Christ, Right. The world doesn't know that they're lost. I mean, this is common sense. Again, Satan, too, these people with agendas, they're not going to show up with red skin, long tail, horns, and a pitchfork. <laughs> He's just not going to come up to you and say, hey, I'm Satan. He disguises himself as the angel of what? Yeah. Notice that as an angel, he seeks out people as a roaring lion. There, that means he's not. 
you have to be careful about deception. And the only way to really know is, I, I used to hear this analogy all the time, but it makes more sense as I get older. The, the people that study bills, you know, how do you tell a counterfeit one? You study the real ones? Yeah. You yeah. study the real Christ. If you're really studying Christ, you'll know a counterfeit a mile away. You'll discern in the spirit. There's something off about that or that doesn't make sense. There's, there's a little bit of lack of truth there. You know what I mean? You'll see intentions and things like that. Not just, you're not discerning to cap them. You're discerning to take them to the throne room so that they can get corrected before God, just like you need to, yeah. right? That discernment is so important in these times, discernment. You, do you notice that in other religions, the, the leader of the religion follows the angel in the desert? They follow the messenger in the desert. Wow. Christ is the only one who does not approve of what the messenger in the desert says. So you've got like, <laughs> you've got Muhammad who goes up on the mountain and Muhammad listens what? to the angel of light that speaks to him. You have Joseph Smith who oh goes out into gosh. the wilderness and he listens to the angel who speaks to him. Christ goes into the desert and quotes scripture against the one that is speaking Dude, to him. Dude, like. I did not think of that. That's what's been happening. Dude, we'll hear a voice on a TV set that disguises itself as the angel of light. Yeah. We'll just hear it and say, ah, that must be true. Government lights itself up as an angel, like a savior. Ooh. Every single time. It's the savior of something. The Chinese quotes from last week. Yeah. There's always something that saves man, but not Christ. The one who truly sets you free inside. The one who removes all sin and... and, and, and uh, uh, defamation before him, the one that removes uh, your insecurities, your fears, your worries, the Christ who actually took and bore your sin and shame on a cross. It's like, that's what we should be after. Yeah. I'm not conforming to man. I'm conforming to the image of Christ. Then our standard then becomes him, not out of duty, out of love, out of love to show Christ to the world. He said, if I be lifted up, I draw men unto me. We lift him up. Then politics makes sense. Education makes sense. Why was all this stuff instituted? It was righteous. It was good. Mm -hmm. Put in the wrong hands, man. Oh, my gosh. Dangerous. Dangerous, dude. So in this step, what we want to talk about are the solutions. I think I think it's time. Now right? it's time. Now so, it's time. Yep. So we've, we all... Sorry. I think we all agree, hey... There's something going on that we're not real big fans of. At least if you're if you're conservative, if you're Christian, you're like, man, this is just not going yeah, the direction something's I want not it to. Right. So what do we do? What do we do? You know what? I, I put in my notes and in, in Massey <laughs> I I said the coronavirus actually presents a perfect opportunity. <laughs> Teachers don't want to go back. Great. Now is the time to start homeschool groups and begin the process of taking education back into our own. Come hands. on, preach. Now with that, um, this is gonna sting. Okay, it may cost you something to educate your kids. You may have to scale back on that boat. You may have to give up certain things if you really want your kids to be educated in the roots of Christ, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's gonna cost you, listen, nothing that's worth it doesn't have a price. Nothing that's Amen. worth it doesn't have a are price. Are kids worth it? Our kids are totally, man. I still look at my kids. You know, after being sick, I preached uh, on Wednesday and I was thinking about like, after I was sick, uh, and not breathing, how much my kids matter to me. Not that I took them for granted. I didn't. I always encourage them and things like that. But now every word I say to them means something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like there's, there's a, there's, there's, there, I'm speaking life into who they're going to be and who they are. That means something, man. It's different now. 
My kids are worth it. They're worth the fight. They're worth the shots. They're worth the sleepless nights. They're worth all those things and more because, you know, I think it's important that they're going to see an example of Christ that they haven't seen. Yeah. And that we have good representation around us, right? We got good leaders and things. Our kids are being raised up in the most awesome time ever to actually see God move in these times. We're, we're in the best position to raise our kids right, dude. Yeah. And here's, here's a practical way to do that. So, like I said, coronavirus, schools don't seem to want to open. And now is your time to really start building homeschool groups. And it, it, homeschooling has exploded. We speak at homeschool conferences, right? They're, they're growing every year. There's tons of curriculums you that. that you can do in homeschool. Oh, man. Right? Oh, so, man. And there are homeschool groups that are getting together. Here's an idea. Go to your local church, your, your home church. Find somebody who's willing to teach five, ten kids through the week. Every family hands them 50 bucks, 100 bucks a week. So that person gets paid. That person teaches the yep. curriculum that you all it's agree on, idea, right? Dude. Abeka is a great curriculum. I taught uh, it. Yeah, there's classical place. conversations. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds tons of great of stuff out programs. There, yeah. Start just doing a little legwork, get a couple people together and build, start building homeschool groups. Start putting it back in your own hands of what your kid is going to learn. It's so important, so important. So that way you're not sending your kid off for eight hours a day while somebody else yeah. instills their values in them. No, but here's, here's the other part. Again, that may sting. The greatest education that you can teach them is you. Mm -hmm. Listen close, okay? Your testimony, your example, your life should speak of what Christ can do through you. You hear me? It's, it's not enough to just yell at people and get frustrated about what's going on in education and um, protests and all these things. They're great. But if Christ is not shown in you, they're going to call you this one day, this word that I hate so much because they use it as a crutch against Christ. They're going to call you the H word, yeah. a hypocrite. And you don't want to be that. Now, kids will rebel. They're going to go through their stage of independence and all these things. But in the end, they're going to look back like the guy who left, like the prodigal son who left his father and say, you know what? I had it good back there. I understand yeah. the world deceived me, man. I want to go back to that. What they taught me. I do that now. Man, I was taught so many good principles. And then I went off into the world. And I look back now. I'm like, you are an idiot. I, Your parents knew what they were saying to you. Now, I didn't go off and do anything like crazy stupid. Yeah. I was a virgin when I got married. I didn't drink none of that stuff. I didn't do any crazy stuff. My mindset was in the world, though. When I got saved, I was like, Mom, you were right. Scripture was right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, always be the example to your kids. Again, that may sting, not trying to, but your example is the best education you can give your kid. And in my life, I really believe that I lost out on about seven, eight years of my life because of the decisions I made, Ooh. the path I took, right? Yeah. And it was not my parents. It wasn't their fault. They, they, they raised me right, but I, I didn't pay attention to it. And I look back and I'm like, man, those years were, were a loss. I didn't pay attention to what my parents had taught me, what my faith had taught me. I decided to go my own way. But here I am today, and I've learned a lot of experiences. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I've learned a lot through my experiences. Yep. But... You, 
I came back because of the foundation yep. that my parents had placed me in. <clears throat> yes. and, and we have to put our kids in a good foundation so that they will return to it one day. And your kid might still be on that path, but you have the hope and knowledge Come of on, who Christ man. is and who There's the Holy so much Spirit peace is, in that, dude. Right? I mean, yeah. can you talk about that? There's so much peace because I see you with your kid and Melissa and like how you, you just legit love your kid. But there's so much peace in knowing that he's got your kid. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little yeah, bit? And that's, he's absolutely right. Like when you are a faithful follower of Christ, you have the responsibility, but I don't walk with the burden Oof. because I trust the Lord Hard with lesson, my bro. son. Right. Hard stinking and lesson, it's, man. It's really difficult because there are those thoughts of what if, what uh, if, dude, what all if. the time, but Massey's absolutely right when he says, look, you need to be the example. And and I, I think about that wow. every day of like, I need to be the example to my son day in, day out. I need to show him who God is Dude. in the realest way. Because if I do, he will be attracted to the fragrance of the Lord. Oof. And he will recognize the beauty of how he was raised if I follow the Lord. Because if I follow the Lord and I do what I'm supposed to do, through my calling, oh man, I will love my son in in a little way of how the Lord loves me. So you have to really pay attention to who you are. What what light are you shining, right? And I want to give you hope that you can still make amends if there's been a tough past. Totally, Christ is the one of recovery, so, of reconciliation, of change. Right? So good. Uh, Elizabeth Teff said this, God is the redeemer of time. I can relate to what you're saying, Mike. I had several years of not being sold out to Christ. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, Carrie and I were just talking about this. We went through, uh, everybody knows, we talk about this ministry we were in that just wasn't, you know, at the end, it was like, ah, you know, just wasn't the Lord yeah. for us. And uh, I said, you know, are you ever mad? Because that was our 20s. Like, all of our 20s is gone, you know? Ooh. And she said, no. Not at all. It's not. It's, she goes. It's not gone at all. It's, it's redeemed by Christ now because Christ is the one who creates the time, and that now we appreciate everything we do in our thirties, like all of our twenties. We didn't leave till I was like 32, 33. Yeah. But in the last seven years, what he's done with the family has been redemption. so. Oh my so gosh, dude! Now it's like you know what? I'm I'm 39. I'm almost 40 in in a few months and. You know, and I think about, I was talking about this on Wednesday. It's like, Lord, I just want my last 40 to matter. Yeah. My first 40 mattered. I was wrong. Good. It mattered, man. Good. It mattered. And and we changed lives and we got to do so many things, you know, regardless of what happened in that group, we were still a part of changing souls and lives and seeing people change from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, that he redeemed them, you know, and now it's like, there's much more of a mission. I get to be a part of a flock that goes into the community and does something, right? Or I'm in a ministry that we have that gets to go transform souls all over the country, yeah. right? And more. And, and there's, there's so many times where you, you could sit back and go, man, I just, you know, I wish I wouldn't have done that. No, 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 no. You doing that brought you to this place now that God's using you. No. The fact that you could say, man, I don't know. what. what look, parent, you're the right parent for the right time for your kid. God would not have allowed you to have that kid. He chose you to be the parent. Be the parent. Lead them. The only thing you have to do is lead. That's all you're called to do. You're not called to transform their soul. The Holy Spirit is. Let him do that. You just lead them to the truth. You lead them to the truth and you love them. And when you show them love, dude, it makes the truth make sense. 
Truth then isn't a battering ram. It's a it's it's a it's an aid to the soul. Psalm nineteen seven. Yeah. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Right. It changes the soul. The word of God. If you could just do that. And I'm I'm glad you said that because I was just looking at this next note. And it says we must make truth palatable to our youth. Ooh, come on. I think sometimes what we do is we decide, well, I've got to give them truth, so I'm just going to bang them over the head with the truth, and they'll they'll have to accept it because it's the truth. Look, I'm not talking about dressing it up. What I'm saying is make it saying. make it relevant. Yep. Make Hit it. the right notes in their emotions and their hearts. They care about things. So Amen. so how do we make the truth matter to what they care about, to their passions, right? The, God gives us passions and desires, and there's truth in the Bible to hit with that passion and yeah. desire. It's it's meant to connect. So don't beat them down with facts when they express concern or debate a point, right? So they they say the the founding fathers were all were slave owners. Now you could say it's not true or it doesn't matter. Meet them in the middle in, in a commonality like we do, and say. Yeah, they weren't perfect men. Yeah, sev yeah. several were slave owners. You know? Several were slave owners. But let's talk also about the mission that Thomas Jefferson had in putting forth abolition on, of slavery. Yes. Let's talk about George Washington and, and how he related to his slaves and the fact that the Virginia laws refused him the ability to free his slaves. Dude, th this is the commonality of what we're talking about, what yeah. law can do in the opposite, yeah. which is happening today. Okay, this is what education has done. Man, this is such a good... I love this one, man. This is good. <laughs> I do too. This is really good, dude. Yeah, and, and so in the last couple of points, we've got to provide funding and support to organizations and movements that are invested in changing things. If you don't feel you can do much, you can still find an organization or a movement that you can support that is going to put forth what you, you are passionate about and you feel tied to. Money is powerful. It's Dude, a tool. It sure is. And there are groups that need your money. I'm I'm not even talking about us, right? I, but I, buddy is. But shameless plug. Shameless no, plug. <laughs> it, it it doesn't matter if your five dollars goes to us or goes to another group that you feel is more worthy. That five dollars can be significant and matter. And sometimes we kind of look at it, well, what is my five dollars gonna do? Well, it's not gonna do as much in your pocket as it will in the hands in of the an kingdom. organization that you trust that is trying to further the kingdom. And so our money does matter. You can use your money if yep. you don't feel you can get invested or, or get involved in the, the school board, it, if you don't feel you can become a teacher, if you don't feel that you can even send, begin a homeschool group with your kids, you can at least invest in groups that are trying to change school curriculums from within. You know, but the biggest point... And, What's that? And, they are hungry for spiritual? Oh, so we've got to pray for our next generation. And, and this is going to get into the spiritual side of things, which is by this. far the most important. This, this here, just hear him out. This is amazing. So our next generations are hungry for the things of the spiritual nature. And I have this theory, and I could probably provide you a lot of evidence um, socially, psychologically of this, but the age of reason is dying. It has to do. You have an increase in the next generations of searching out spirituality. So people will say, well, the Christian percentage is declining in the U.S. You're right. Unaffiliated and atheists are rising. But you know what some of the quickest growing religions are? Paganism, New Age occultism. They're exploding. Why? Because the next generations are seeking for the spiritual. They realized that the age of reason does not answer Come the spiritual on, hole within them. This is our perfect time. 
because we can provide that answer of what that spiritual hole is actually supposed to be there for. So we as Christians, we can present the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why it's so important to marry the word and the Holy Spirit. The, the movement of the word and trying to push aside the Holy Spirit only gave further progress to the age of reason. It, it just sidled right up with yep. the age of reason. As that age of reason is dying, we need to marry the Holy Spirit back to the word because the Holy Spirit answers the action and activity in a person's everyday life. Those next generations are looking for something that is actually um, real, in the spiritual realm. They know it's there. They're searching for it, but they just don't know it yet. That's right. You know, and and so this is why our prayer and our focus is so vital. If anything else fails, at least your prayer and your focus can answer the call because those are the most important things. You can present the power of the Holy Spirit. Dude. Right? And I think that's why now we need places that are being rebellious to God such as states like California, we need the church to be yeah. the church. We're not going to say you're stupid and ignorant and dumb. Many other people will say that to you. I'm not. I'm pleading to you. Listen to the voice of God. He created you to be an overcomer. Listen to me, church. You are not the ones that are being rebellious. They are. They are the ones that are coming after God, and it's your duty before the Lord to stand for his name. That's all. That's all you have to do is stand. And you know what? You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be scorned. You're going to be told things that you're going to be lied about. And all those things Christ promised would happen. He did. He was lied about, crucified, tortured because of a lie, because of a lie and technicalities. Listen to me, technicalities. He calls himself the son of God. He's a blasphemer, a technicality. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's healing on the Sabbath, a technicality. You know, all these things that happen. Look what they're trying to do to you now. Nothing is new under the sun. Your duty before the Lord is to love him in truth. And you can stand for the truth and watch him move. You can do this. It's not difficult. It just cuts the flesh. That's all it does. It hurts the flesh, but walk in the spirit. You will be called sons and daughters of God if you follow the spirit. Romans 8 is probably to me one of the best chapters ever written in scripture. Aside from 1 John. There's no condemnation when you're in Christ. Don't let the world throw condemnation on you. There's no condemnation when you're in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Don't appease the flesh. Please. This is a plea from a Christian to a Christian. It's not your job to appease the flesh. You're just supposed to follow the spirit and watch him move. No person worth their weight in salt is driven to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4. No person worth their weight in salt is like that. They're immovable. They stand firm like Christ would have. They're a Daniel in the midst of these times. It doesn't matter what they say to me. I got to follow Christ. Listen to me. You have such an opportunity, church leader, pastor, elder, deacon, whatever you are, lay person in the church, such an opportunity to show the power of God that's foundational teachings, folks. Amen. Not, should we have lights in the church? Should we have rock music in the church? Should we have, that is all junk. Stuff that won't matter. I bet you any money, we're going to see some really cool people in heaven that we didn't even know because we thought with our own opinion in mind, we didn't see the spirit of God in them. Yeah. We did not see what God was doing. 
Get that mentality. God looks at the heart, not the outward appearance. Don't worry. He will stand with you. And you know what? Some of us, I hate saying this. We could die for the faith, man. It's promised. What are we trying to save? Our lives? He that loses his life for his sake will find it. He that tries to save his life will lose it. That's all scripture. That's not my words. You're, you're, you have a chance now to just lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Listen, I said this Wednesday night, what is wrong with believing the power of God? Amen. What's wrong with believing in scripture? Don't let anyone shame you or throw condemnation on you that is not yours. You follow Christ and you watch him move. And I'm only telling you because I've seen it. I've seen it with my eyes. I've been able to partake of it. And I haven't even scratched the surface to what Christ and the disciples did. And maybe I won't. I don't know. But I want to continue to just walk that line. You know, again, we're not perfect. I just want to follow the perfect. That's all. And every day we're being shaved in the image of him. Every single day we're being molded and conformed. And he's taking out old mindsets. I'm prophesying to somebody. He's taking out old mindsets right now. And he's putting in you a heart of flesh right now. He's sifting you because he needs to, to use you for his glory. Don't worry about the process. Obey the process. The process is good. It teaches you disciplines that you need for the next season. Right? Because your ministry's coming. And the ministry you've been asking God for is no longer what you think you can do. It's going to be supernatural. And when it turns supernatural, we are the natural. He becomes the super. Let him be the super. You just do what you need to do before God. This was, Was I believe it was Washington or, or Quincy Adams that said, do all that you can do and you leave the results to God. You do everything you can to make sure God could move. You leave space for him to move. You just stand for truth. That's what we're called to do. Man, how do I even follow that? No, I just, no, 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 no. I think, I think in these times more and more, we need to inspire people to the faith. Yeah. Dude, we've done some cool things. You just had to be there with us. Nobody ever came. We never filmed it because it's not about that. But if you could see the kids going into a public school to just to preach, man, and, and, and kids who would have never received the gospel because people were afraid to walk in there. I, I, I don't care, dude, where they're at. And I've told you testimonies and things, and we can do this, man. Who cares if you're in a Panera Bread or a Starbucks or TJ Maxx or whatever? You walk in the authority of Christ. Now ask him for those divine opportunities so you can come to church with testimony, not heaviness. So you could come and tell your brothers and sisters how to walk in the faith, not to tell them how bad your day was. We all have bad days, but Christ is the redeemer and he turns those bad to good. If you learn the lesson, maybe the hard week was for you to seek him more so that the following week you could see the demonstration of God. Let's change our mindsets here, man. Set yourself free with it. That he's using these things for good. And then the Bible says in James, this makes sense. Count it all joy when you go through various trials. The trial of your faith works patience. The only thing the trial does when you count it joy and you see it through God's eyes is conform you to him. That's all it does. You, you know, I'm going to say this publicly. I'm glad I got sick. I am so glad I got sick because it taught me a whole side of Christ I wouldn't have learned had I not been through it. It's easy when you got a system that doesn't let you get sick. I haven't called into work in years. 
Years, dude. And I got sick and I couldn't do anything. And I'm in a bed where I can't breathe. God taught me something. Not that he gave it to me. I just learned the lesson, hopefully. Time is short. Now's your time to learn. And we need to pray for people. We need to pray for our church leaders. We need to pray for our teachers. We need to pray for you parents. God, what could he do, man? And every time we end the show, I feel like we do this. There's hope. <laughs> There's so much hope, dude. Yeah. Hope. There's hope in the power of God. And I don't care if you believe it or not. I will. And hopefully, hopefully, you will too. Because we love you. Because we care. Because Christ cared. Because he sent us the Holy Spirit. Because he represented his Father. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less, you know? And that's what we want to leave you with. There's literally, there's literally opportunity everywhere to share the power of God. Everywhere. This, folks, is foundational. That our only duty when we became Christians is to spread his love that you received. Mm -hmm. That's foundational teaching. And then when you get the spirit married with the word, dude, look out. Oh, what he can do, man. He is so good. He is so good. And we, we need that marriage. We need that marriage of the word and the spirit, right? And for so long, the church has said, we're good with the word and put the spirit aside. But it's the Holy Spirit that brings relevance to the word in the hearts and minds of our youth, right? They've, they have to witness the physical, emotional, and spiritual effects on our everyday lives. This is what the Holy Spirit does. So without it, they're going to search out a spirituality that presents an effect on their physical environment. Paganism and witchcraft oh. promise a physical effect of the spiritual realm. This is a promise that has been lacking, sorely lacking, yeah, dude. in the American church. Totally. We don't promise that anymore. Now, I'm not saying, so follow the Lord because, hey, he'll change your physical condition in the yeah, world. Yeah. But the effects of the Holy Spirit, they follow a believer. So when you walk in the Holy Spirit, when you dude. walk in the marriage of the Word and the Holy Spirit, what you do is you become more powerful for the kingdom. You come with the ability to change things in a person's life. You come with the authority to make an effect on their life so that they see that God is not Dude. just up there. He's oh, not man. just in a book. Preach, he bro. Is Preach right it. there with them, Preach right? it. Come on. So when you look at the Lord, when you look at the Holy Spirit, when you look at your faith, you have to realize that the Holy Spirit is integral to moving forward. I'm not saying forget the word. The word is the structure and the foundation to build upon. It's what you weigh everything against. It's what teaches you the character of God. It's what teaches you the character of the Holy Spirit as well. You need to understand that that word is so vital because it creates the relationship and connection with the Holy Spirit. So what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to really think about what effect can I have for the kingdom? What authority do I walk in? You've been given all authority. So the question is, what authority are you walking in? Are you walking in full authority? Or have you decided, well, my authority is about this big because I, I'm a little bit nervous about growing it. Dude. And a lot of times what people will do is people will look this. at the struggle, they'll look at the problem, they'll look at the obstacle, they'll look at the issue, and they go, I don't have any authority. I'm going to be a passive observer to this issue. What you need to do is stop being a passive observer and realize you have strength, power, and authority to be an active person in that issue. 
and I don't know who I'm talking to, but you have strength and power to move through that struggle and obstacle. And sometimes that means sitting still with the Lord. That's not necessarily passive. That can be an active move if the Lord tells you, I need you to be Come patient on, in this. Why? Because you sit with faith and reliance in him. So when we're talking about this school issue, you need to you need to understand you have a power and authority to change the environment around you. Don't let the environment change you. Change it. Change things for the kingdom. The kingdom, what are the fruits of the spirit? Love, peace, patience, joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Will you not radiate those things when you're walking Come in full on, authority? And when you Come radiate on. those things, they're a fragrance Come to on. many. Come on. They're a stench of death to others. But those people will flee yeah, when dude. they understand the power of the Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, guys, Christ is a stumbling block. Absolutely. He is, and he's a rock of offense. You know, and it's not, again, it's not going to be always well-received. But one of the things we want to leave you with is just always truth. And, you know, maybe maybe, maybe for both of us, maybe I can speak for you on this one, which I kind of do anyway. <laughs> um, but but you, you never, it becomes our, I got to read some of these things too, because uh, I, I really want people to see what, what people are writing. But, you know, the bottom line is everything's foundational. We, we love Christ here. Yeah. And maybe it took us a little bit of a knock to get there. And, you know, I was kind of learning bits and pieces, but it really does mean something, man, when he can get your attention, mm -hmm. you know, and, and now it's all about him fighting his words, standing true that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, that it is against principalities and powers. So even if I protest, even if I go to a County commission board, even if I go talk to senators, I'm fighting spiritual battles here. Yeah. Amen. Are you prayed up? Are you prayed up? Do you have the words and revelation from Christ that you need to give to them to change? Boom. Right. That I can't change a, a, a county commission board. Holy Spirit can. Dude, dude, he shook nations, man. Holy Spirit can do anything he wants. He's just looking for people willing to stand for the truth. Right. And so, again, we're leaving you with a ton of hope. I believe in hope. And I want to read you some of these quotes, man. Yep. Um, uh, Pastor Jan said we had quite a testimony today because we just stood in our territory for years. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Holy Spirit's really moving on people right now. We have such hope. Uh, it becomes our authority and testimony, which you were just talking about. When you walk through the trial, it becomes your authority and testimony. When you've yeah. been through it, you see God move, and it's amazing. And there's so many like cool affirmations and quotes. Guys, again, we really want you to comment on here, like even disagreements. We want to talk to you through these things because there's a lot of study that goes into this. There really yeah. is. There's a lot of like uh, miseducation, mistruths, untruths, really. Uh, d demonic oppression, d d trying to keep the word of God out of people's hands. We need to answer and have hope uh, to, to these times. You know what I mean? And so um, if you guys look at this shirt, can you point that? Yeah. That's one of our new shirts that came out. Obviously, that's our slogan. Uh, one of our slogans, Make America Constitutional Again, right there. If you go to 1776truth.store, you guys can pick one of those up. It helps us actually continue the podcast and go national because a lot of schools and things can't afford us. Yep. And we're going to get back into the swing of things here real soon, I'm sure. Uh, and I can't travel as much. But you will eventually, yeah. right? Here's another one. Check this out. Ladies, this shirt for you. Isn't that awesome? That's 1776 in Roman numerals. Uh, God-given rights. And on the sleeve here, it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, cool shirt. Uh, long sleeve. You guys can get one of those on 1776truth.store. This right here happens to be my favorite. We just never make things in my size. Uh, that's not anybody else's fault but mine. Okay? So check this out. It's a hoodie. You see that? We the people. And on the, on the patch there, or on the, the, the uh, pocket, it's a quote from John hold Adams. It, hold it right there. 
Yeah, you see that? It's a quote from John Adams. Uh, what does it say? You have rights, undoubtedly, antecedent. Yep. antecedent to all earthly government, rights that cannot be replaced or restraints by human laws. Rights, rights derived from the great legislature of our of universe. universe. That's right. And here's Christ's words right here. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind, and you shall love your neighbors yourself. All of this has everything to do with Scripture. Any foundational truth we have backs it with Scripture. You guys want to get one of these? Again, 1776truth.store. Uh, you guys can get one of those. Help support us. And that's why we do what we do. I am so honored. Um, I'm really honored to be here. I really am. You know, like that, 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 that he would use us, you know? Yeah. And we got to wrap it up. It's been an, over an hour. We usually don't. <laughs> Don't do this, but we are so honored by people listening and watching and sharing and affirming. And, um, you know, we have people who come against us and we have people that are totally for us. And yeah. it's more good than bad. You know, I don't ever listen to the squeaky wheel as much anymore uh, because everybody has an opinion. Right. And and the, I think I'm going to do this one of these nights. Consultants in the spirit, not not walkers in the spirit, you know, mm. uh, because everybody's got a consulting spirit. <laughs> but how many people walk it? You know, so be careful. But. Thank you so much for the correction. Thank you so much for the affirmation. Thank you so much for your support financially or your support with prayers. You guys, I, I firmly believe it was people praying for us that got us through these last five years, that, that we have a church that backs us up. Like, I'm still blown away by this stuff. You know what I mean? Just thinking back about it. Like, I hate being uh, I, emotional about it, but it's like so cool that God would take care of his kids. And he can. You know, and he's so good, man. So merciful, so kind. Uh, so just a big thank you to you guys. Yeah.